Glad to have you here with us today. All right, kids, let's gather around. That includes flower sack babies. Come on up. She's got a high school project right now. <laughs> she has a five pound sack she has to carry around for the next week. Yes. <laughs> All right, you guys, well, I brought you a special treat today. All right, here you go. You guys look a little confused and disappointed by it. What's going on there? What's in your bag? It is a cookie, but what's wrong with that cookie? It looks pretty broken and crumbled, doesn't it? You don't mind? You'll still eat it, huh? <laughs> okay, well, the reason I gave you guys a broken up cookie today is because sometimes life tends to break us up just like a crumbled cookie. Sometimes we might get our feelings hurt by somebody. Somebody might say something to us that isn't nice. We might have a big tragedy that happens to us. Have you guys ever felt that way? Yeah? I got one. When I was in sixth grade, a girl cornered me in the bathroom and started making fun of the dress that I was wearing. And it was my favorite hand-me-down dress from my cousin, and she was making fun of it. And that just made me crumble. It just hurt my feelings. Yeah, sometimes our heart can feel like it's just crumbling to pieces, just like this cookie, right? Sometimes during those times, it's really hard to love other people. Sometimes it's hard to trust other people when our life feels like it's crumbling. And sometimes it's really hard to allow people to get really close to us and near to us when we feel so broken inside. But guess what? I have good news. The good news is that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And that's actually a verse right in the Bible. It's Psalms 34, 18. I'm gonna read it again to you guys. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So when we feel brokenness, and we feel like we're a cookie crumbling, we need to look around us because the Lord is with us and near us. And he promises to save each and every one of us. Guess what? The Lord saved you guys today, and here's a whole cookie. <laughs> These cookies now are whole. They're not broken. Just like the Lord, he keeps us whole, even when we feel like things are breaking and crumbling around us. And all God's children said, Amen. We will hear our gospel read to us today from the 11th chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 2. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, he said, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not fall away or finds offense on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine cloths? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Amongst those born of women, 
there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, and yet, and yet, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of our Lord. And I invite you to uh, join in with me by praying the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. One of the things that I remind myself of on a constant basis as I have opportunity to engage in Scripture is that I remind myself that this word that I am encountering, it is a living, active word. And that it is a word that never, will never, ever pass away. And this living, acting word, it has a word for us today. There's two key phrases that Jesus spoke in this passage today that I'm going to be honing in on. The first is where Jesus responds to John's disciples. And he says, go tell John what you have seen and heard. The second passage is where Jesus says, I assure you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared. And yet, and yet, and this is the, this is the most important part, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, now, I, I, I might be interpreting this completely wrong. So, you know, I mean, preachers make mistakes. But I'll tell you, you, you know how I'm hearing that? It says, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You know who that is? That's you. That's me. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? To think that you and I, the least in the kingdom of heaven, our life and our witness is as, is as significant and as great as John the Baptist's? That kind of, that, that's, that's one of those ones that might, makes you kind of sit back and go, whoa. You know, all week long I've been asking myself, what have I seen? What have I heard? I've been asking myself, what have I seen and what, I have, what, I, what have I heard about the kingdom of God coming near to me in the person of Jesus Christ throughout my life? You know, and I have been reflecting back on that now all week long. And, you know, I've, 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 I've lived probably at least over half, if not close to two-thirds of my life. Well, actually, I probably have. I've, I've, I've probably lived, I, I may have lived 90% of my life already. I don't know, because none of us ever know. But as I have thought back over all of these years of my life, I've been taking this mental inventory and one of the things that I've discovered about what I've seen and what I've heard is the fact that almost everything that I've seen and heard about Jesus encountering me in my life is that they were all simple little things. 
that involve one person, one encounter, one dream, one passion, one act of compassion, one experience at a time. It wasn't this, it wasn't this, aha! And it's like, wow, whammo, you know? It wasn't that kind of a thing. It was just simple little things. This past Wednesday, I had the opportunity to sit in on Pastor Al's Bible study, and I appreciated uh, what I saw and what I heard this week. And I came away from that Bible study with a couple of takeaways. First, when we think about Jesus, I want us to just think about Jesus for a minute. When we think about who Jesus is and who Jesus was, one of the things that I believe is that Jesus was the absolute embodiment. Jesus was the very essence, and Jesus was the incarnation of compassion. If I could describe Jesus for me and my life and my experience of Jesus, it is all about Jesus extending his compassion upon me. He is the very embodiment and essence of compassion. Pastor Al asked us, he said, what's the difference between pity and compassion? And he basically explained it this way. He said that pity is an experience or a feeling that we have but it happens from a distance, and really we do nothing about it. It's kind of like sitting at home watching TV and seeing uh, all of these pictures of all of these starving children in Africa, and yet we sit there and, and we watch that, and in some kind of desensitized way, we have pity upon them, but we really don't take any action on that, do we? Or very few of us do. Or maybe we are driving down the street here in Lake Havasu City, and we see a person that's experiencing homelessness, and we have pity on that person, but we really don't do anything about it. But then Pastor Al gave us an explanation of what compassion is. Compassion is, is something that comes from the gut. Compassion is something that is a heart action. Compassion is an act of love, an act of empathy. It's a sharing, it's a sharing of our common humanity. You know somebody who's suffering with terminal cancer and they're basically in their home and you go and visit them in their home and you spend some time with them. It may not be what you say, but just your physical presence with them is extending compassion and empathy. That's what compassion is. The other part of Pastor Al's study that I appreciated was the insight that through all of these many small things that we see and that we hear, that they become large. And sometimes not only do they become large, but that they become life-changing, influential experiences or moments in our lives. So where does all this take us this week as we consider these two passages before us today? This whole idea of going and telling people what you've heard or what you've seen, and this comment about Jesus saying that even the least of the kingdom are greater than the acts of John the Baptist. I think it's important for us to ask ourselves that question and to actually take some time to contemplate and reflect upon those, that question. What is it that you and I have seen and heard? 
And I want to share with you today a few of the things that I've seen and heard in my life. I saw a mom in my life who faithfully and diligently... Now granted, I understand, this is a different generation. I mean, I was a kid, you know, 50 plus years ago. So I understand that culturally things are definitely different now than they were 50 years ago. But I had a mom in my life who faithfully and diligently made sure that her children, me and my three sisters, we were in church every single Sunday. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we were in church. Not only in church, but Sunday school. I know, it's a cultural thing. 50 years ago, that was the norm. That's not the norm today. Because my mother, in her very quiet witness, because my mother was a Scandinavian, Luther, Scandinavian Norwegian Lutheran. If you know anything about Scandinavian Norwegian Lutherans, they have a silent faith. They don't say much about Jesus or about God, but they, they act on it. And one of the ways they act on it is they, they take their kids to church because they think it's important for their kids to hear and know something about how God loves them and how much God loves them. I've seen the presence of Jesus in my life through a young seminarian. He's no longer young, but he's still living today. His name is Emery, but he was, our, he was a seminarian who was on internship in our town. And he took me under his wing during a time of crisis in my life. And in a very small and a very simple way, he shared the love of Jesus with me. One moment, one encounter, one word at a time. It was a very small thing, and yet for me it was everything. It was everything because I came to know the love of Jesus in a way that I had not yet known or ever experienced because of his witness to me. I've seen the presence of Jesus in my life to a camp director by the name of Dick who took a chance on me, who saw potential, who saw a young heart for Jesus that needed nurture and growth through working with youth at Bible camp. At the time, I was... 18, 19 years old, not very confident or certain in my faith, and yet I was given an opportunity to see and to hear the witness through Dick's life and through the witness and the encouragement of about 20 other young Christians who had a passion for sharing the love of Jesus. In a certain sense, that was very much a small thing that Dick did, that he accepted me as a person and said, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a Bible camp counselor at camp. And yet for me, it became something bigger and larger than I could ever imagine. Because for me, it was a life-changing, transformational experience that literally changed the course of my life. I've seen the presence of Jesus in my life through a person by the name of Gracie. And it wasn't what she said, it was what she did. This was in the inner city of Seattle when I was on my internship where our church had a soup kitchen and we housed 50 homeless men on our gymnasium floor every night six months out of the year. Gracie herself was, in a certain sense, practically living a life of homelessness herself. 
She lived in less than desirable housing. If you would have gone to her apartment, you would have saw it as a, 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 what do they call those landlords? The slum landlords? Yeah, that's the kind of place she lived in. It was a dump. It was an absolute dump, infested. Gracie herself, she smoked like a chimney. I mean, she was a chain smoker, cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. And I swear she only washed her hair once a week. I swear she was one of those women that used bro cream and just put it in her hair and combed it back and put it in a ponytail, you know? She had less teeth than most. She had kind of that toothless smile, along with that cigarette kind of hanging out the side of her mouth. When you first got to know Gracie, she had a lot of rough edges. She was actually pretty gruff, and actually she was very intimidating. But when you got to know her, when you got to know her for who she really was, she was a person with a heart and a soul, a heart and a soul of compassion, especially for people in need. Because she had a gift. She had a gift of taking food items that the world considered outdated and second-rate, and she created something beautiful and delicious to the taste buds, all for the sake of feeding the poor and the homeless. I think she was one of God's agents in the world. I think some may even say that she was an angel. She certainly did not have an angelic physical appearance, but her heart, her heart, was filled with compassion for others. A person who took that small, insignificant thing, all of the seconds, all the thirds, all the reject food from the second harvest food bank, and she made it something delicate and delicious, and she made it something big, and she made it something special for those who would have the opportunity to have another meal for a day. In my mind, all of these people and so many more who may be seen as the least in the world, they are as great a witness to the gospel as John the Baptist because Jesus touched their lives with his love, with his grace, and his compassion. And it made it possible for them to become messengers and carriers of the gospel through their life, through their passion, through their faithfulness, and through their compassion. I think this might be a good time to start a new discipline in our lives. I don't know if it's ever too late to start a new discipline in our lives. What would you say, what would you say to the challenge of getting into a daily discipline with pad and pencil, or maybe some of you are more comfortable by sitting at a Word doc on a computer, but how would you, what would you say to the challenge of getting into this daily discipline to take some time every day? Take some time every day. Turn that TV off. Take some time and reflect back on your life and ask yourself, what have I seen? What have I heard about the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus coming near in my life? Have you ever taken the time to reflect on that? to actually make a physical record of it and to put it down into words, to describe the experience of how it changed or how it affected your life? What persons have been the presence of Jesus in your life? 
What did they say? What did they do that helped you to see or to hear something about the good news of the gospel? You know, I think that every one of us, if we sat down and did that every single day, every single one of us in here has the potential of writing a book. Now think about it. If you knew those stories, if you knew those events in your life, and if you knew them like the back of your hand, you know? I mean, if we actually took the time and thought about all of those ways in which we have heard and how we have seen Jesus encounter our lives and then wrote them down, think about how much easier it would be for us to recall those things so that it might be easy for us to have them come out of our mouths so that we could actually share them with other people. Because you know us Lutheran Christians... I've told you this before, you know, I was from up north. Well, and a whole bunch of you here from up north. Well, you all know who you are, you Lutheran Christians. You're the frozen chosen. You know, because us Lutheran Christians, we've always been really good at theology. We've always been good about, in our heads, theologizing about Godism, you know, Godology, you know, thinking about God, reminiscing and ruminating about God. We've always been good at that. We know that God loves us in and through the life of Jesus Christ. We know that God has saved us by grace through faith and that every day is absolute pure gift. We know that we have the capacity to love and have compassion because Christ first loved us and showed his compassion to us by dying for us on, dying for us on the cross. We know that Christ overcame death in the grave through his resurrection from the dead so that we can have life fully in his, in his name, not only in this life but in the life yet to come. The question is, how do we share it? How do we live it? And that's not to say that we all need to become, you know, evangelists or, you know, expert speakers about our faith and tell stories, because it's not just the stories. It is actually how we live, how we actually express compassion in our lives. Because in my mind, as I think about Jesus, he is the essence of incarnation of compassion and it's how we live compassion through our lives and through what we say and all of those people that i talked about earlier all of those people in one way shape or form or another they extended love and compassion and acceptance to me or they were a witness to me of compassion so what have you seen what have you heard take some time and write it down have it become an everyday part of your life through your words, your acts of love and compassion with others. In other words, live it and breathe it because Jesus said it. And this is that mind-boggling piece that Jesus said. He said that each and every one of us is the least in the kingdom of heaven. And yet, even though we are the least of all in the kingdom of heaven, you and I, Mind-boggling as it is, you and I, we are as great a witness to the gospel as John the Baptist himself. Think about that one for a while. Think about that one for a while. It's because Jesus has touched your life with his love and with his grace and with his compassion. And that is what makes it possible for us to be those agents, those messengers, and those carriers of the gospel through our life, through our passion, through our faithfulness, and through the compassion that we extend to others.
So, as Jesus told the disciples to John, go and tell what Jesus, what you've seen and heard. Amen. Now I invite you to pray with me the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So, now, go forth from this place, refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Be so bold as to think about, and to reflect on, and be willing to say, and to let other people know what you have seen, and what you have heard about Jesus in your life. Travel lightly, for you carry within you all you need, because you've got all those stories, you've got all those experiences, you got the scriptures, you got everything that you need. Notice God's presence in everyday experiences, and whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all, and may the blessing and joy of God, our Creator, life giver, and life healer, be with you today and always. Amen. Amen.